It's, it's Wayne's World. World. Wayne's World. Party time. Excellent. And we're clear. Wayne's World. 30th anniversary. Coming up next. Welcome back to Nerd is a New Cool. My name is Justin, and back with us is my illustrious co-host, Mr. John. One, one more time. Yeah, we'll see, how, uh, we'll see how often I can get out of the house. Well, we had to bring you out of the house for this one. This is a really special episode talking about Wayne's World 30th anniversary, which before we were recording, we are talking about it's fucking crazy that it's been 30 years since this movie was out. 30 years ago on, I think, Valentine's Day. Yeah. Do you have any, just what are your initial memories of this film? Any, in any capacity, Wayne's World, the show, Wayne's World, the movie, sequel, whatever. It's. I honestly don't remember. Like I'll, I'll, I don't remember like watching it originally on SNL. Like I've se- I've gone back and like seen the skits, but I don't, I don't remember doing that. And then again, I was eleven when this movie came out because that was my other. As I don't, I don't recall seeing this in the theaters. Yeah, I, I've I mean, obviously seen it, but like I think that the first time I saw it had to have been like renting it at Blockbuster or something like that, <laughs> which is a very old sentence. I, I think yeah, raise your hand if you know what Blockbuster yeah. actually is. Those of you who are listening, <clears throat> so the about this film is for me like I don't don't also don't remember seeing it in the theaters, but I do remember the the, 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 the skit in SNL. But the thing about it was I don't think I got why it was funny. W- right, because we were too young. But now upon rewatch. This is still just as funny as it was maybe when we watched it in high school and college. And we can debate later on about what's, what's more impactful or better, like the original skits, the movie, or the sequel. But I just found myself laughing out loud, too. A lot of the stupidity, but also cleverness. It was a really good mixture. Totally. totally yes. Then Yeah, me too. Totally. I mean, I watched it this morning and definitely still, even though I've seen this movie countless times and I know what's coming, it's still funny. There are still parts where it's like, God, yep. Yeah, I got me. I'm laughing out loud. Well, let's get into the categories. Talking about Wayne's World 30th anniversary film number one. A little bit of deep dive. So first off, this was a, a summary. According to IMDb, it's two slacker friends try to promote their public access cable show, and it yeah. debuted, like you said, February 14th, 1992, with a runtime of an one hour and 34 minutes. I don't necessarily agree with that uh, summary, but whatever. Or two slacker friends. Well, no, just like trying to promote it. Like they weren't really trying to promote it. Someone was trying to exploit it. I feel like Garth's description, like when he's reading Benjamin's calendar, purchase feeble cable access show and exploit it. Hmm, feel sorry for those guys. That's a better description <laughs> yeah, of the is, movie than that is. I would agree. And it's funny that these two are like considered slackers back in like the early '90s standards. But they were definitely the they're slackers according to like Rob Lowe's character, but according to them and everyone else like that, they're like the cool trendsetters. Right. For sure. The clothes they're wearing, maybe not the mullets, but all right. So BS rankings, category number one, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 90, or 79%, IMDb 7.0. Are you shocked by either of those, these numbers? Yes, that they're that high. Me too. I was going to say the same <laughs> thing. 79% Rotten Tomatoes for Wayne's World is freaking, it's for any comedy. Right. Really. Right. I mean, viewer, that's one thing, but Critic, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, right. All right, the uh, next category, Tarantino Award for Writing. This was written by Mike Myers, who also wrote Austin Powers and the Love Guru, as well as Bonnie and Terry Turner. This duo has also written for SNL, 
for many years. A couple other movies we probably know. Tommy Boy, well, actually one movie, Tommy Boy, and also the TV show Third Rock from the Sun. I like that show. Yeah, so I think that we got to go with Mike Myers here just because of, you know, his, I don't know. Do we want to talk about Mike Myers now? Do we want to talk about Mike Myers later? Let's save it for later. Let's save it for later. Let's just keep it real nice and civil now, but we got to talk about Mike Myers and some of the things he's done. Yeah, we probably talk about him when we get to Peak of the Mountain and other things. Okay, well, so for this one, I think we got to say he, he gets the writing credit, I think. I mean, he's... It's his brainchild. We'll learn. We'll talk more about that, where that comes from. But it's really his brainchild, like pre-SNL. So yeah. he, he's got to be given the nod. Bonnie and Terry, thanks for helping with the screenplay. The Spielberg Award for Directing, there's really just one winner here. It's Penelope Spheris. I've never heard of this name before, but she also directed The Beverly Hillbillies, The Little Rascals, and Black Sheep. Interesting. Two, two remakes mm-hmm. and, well... And and probably not a lot of directing, more just pointing the camera at Chris Farley and just letting him go. Say, do stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sounds good. Be funny. Good mm-hmm. job. All right. So the next category, the Tom Hanks Award for Best Leading Role. So we've got two here. We've got Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. We've got Wayne and Garth. Who do you think, again, upon the rewatch, because I, I, I actually thought I had a favorite character, and it changed when I rewatched it again a few days ago. So my... F- so, and this this leads this bleeds into another category that we're going to get to later. Um, I think Mike Myers is the main character. Yes, but because well, well, he because he's also the, the he's the, the, the narr- he's, he's the narrator. He's the narrator. He's speaking in. I mean, Garth speaks in the camera like a little bit, a little but bit. for the most part, it's Wayne. Wayne's Wayne's driving the ship, right? But I, I feel like Dana Carvey okay held his own. I, I like Dana Carvey better in this movie. So I, I don't disagree with that. He is believable as Garth. Mike Myers look, looks like a dude who's kind of playing a Wayne type character. Right. Whereas Dana Carvey, I'm like, it doesn't take me out of it at all. I'm like, that's fucking Garth. <laughs> and it's perfect. Okay. Dana Carvey, we're giving it to you. The other four Jacksons, there are a lot of secondary and actually kind of deep cut characters in this movie as well. Uh, the other four Jacksons category for secondary characters, we got Rob Lowe, who plays Benjamin Oliver, two first names. Tia Carrera, who plays Cassandra. Brian Doyle Murray, who plays Noah Vanderhoff. Laura Flynn Boyle, who plays Stacy, a.k.a. Psycho Hose Beast. Uh, Michael DeLuise, who plays Alan. We, we know him from Encino Man. Mm-hmm. Shush, shush. All right, that's, that's really all I know from him. Uh, Lee Turgeson, who plays Terry. He's in a bunch of stuff, but I know him best as, um, I can't think of his character's name, but he's in Oz. And uh, finally, Kurt Fuller, who plays Russell who I know him best from Ghostbusters too, but he's in a few other things as well. Yep. Okay, so who who's your pick for secondary characters? I think it's kind of a it's gotta no-brainer. Be, it's, it's Rob Lowe. Okay. It's gotta be Rob Lowe. Yeah, that was pretty easy. Um, shout out to Laura Flynn Boyle, because it, again, it's fun to see her in this role. I mean, you said that before we started recording, I right? could, I, I, I saw it, I was like, wow, is that Laura Flynn Boyle? I, know. I had no idea. I genuinely didn't know that was her. God, she plays it fucking great though. Just to be clear. All right, so Rob Lowe. More on Rob Lowe later on. Got lots to talk about there. Backup singers. So for deep cut characters, we've got Colleen Camp plays Mrs. Vanderhoff, who, okay, I looked up her IMDb, and she was in Clue, and I'm like, what the fuck is she in Clue? And I was like, oh, my God, she's Yvette. She's the maid. Yeah. It took me, It took me. <laughs> I had to look it up. I, did, I couldn't believe it, and I was mad at myself after the fact that I couldn't remember that. But, man, anyway. Uh, Donna Dixon plays the dream woman who... 
I think if you you know watch movies from the '80s, you'll know her as she's like the love interest. Uh, she's the other spy sp- it, from Spies. The, the, like the us. real spy. The real spy, in not spies the fake. Like yeah. Uh, Chris Farley makes an appearance as the security guard with lots of information. <laughs> um, Meatloaf plays Tiny. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Right. Uh, Robert Patrick plays the bad cop, aka the T1000. Iona Sky plays Elise, another big '80s actress. Alice Cooper plays himself. Stan Makita makes an appearance there. Where is he? He's is, he's in Makita's. Is he in Makita? Okay. He's like in there at the bar or something. Okay. Uh, and I don't know what he looks like, but yeah. And then finally, Ed O'Neill plays Glenn, <sighs> Makita's manager. Love it. I'm gonna tell you what my pick is, and then you can go. My pick is Ed O'Neill. Yes, my pick is Ed O'Neill. <laughs> this is we need to debate a little bit. Let's all right, okay, that's easy. We'll take Ed O'Neill out, even though he's he's literally. I think he has three scenes. All three are less than thirty seconds, so he has no more than a minute. Yeah, he's not in time. there a lot. I think if it's not Ed O'Neill, then I probably lean towards Chris Farley. I, yeah, or, or you know what? I'm and I'm gonna just. Just for the or, sake of argument, I'm going to say Milo. Or, or, or Alice Cooper, because Alice Cooper oh, yeah. was pretty good, too, with his odd historical facts about Miliwake. Which is Algonquin. Or we'll go to the quotes later on. Yeah. Um, okay, so Ed O'Neill wins, but Chris Farley, Meatloaf, and yeah, Alice Cooper, they all do a really good job of being comedic, and they're not, except for Chris Farley. But he's playing it straight. He's totally playing it straight, and he's still funny. He's still, that's why, he's still that, that's why that guy was awesome. Yeah, oh, man. Okay. Uh, so Ed O'Neill, Ed O'Neill takes that one. The John Williams category for music. So I thought we'd do something a little bit different here. I've, first of all, I pulled up the soundtrack. And so good soundtrack. Yeah, so I think it's interesting just to kind of go through the soundtrack, and we're going to obviously have to pull out one song, but then we pick up like the next favorite song. Yeah, we are going to have to pull out one song. Song number one is Bohemian Rhapsody. That one wins, obviously. But it also has Hot and Bothered from Cind- by Cinderella, Rock Candy by the Bullet Boys, Dreamweaver, by Gary Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is this word? Sinkamikaniko from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think I said it right. The Time Machine from Black Sabbath. We've got the Wayne's World theme, which we sang beautifully Man. at the beginning. Ballroom Blitz, actually sung by Tia Carrera. Mm-hmm. Foxy Lady, Jimi Hendrix. Ride With Yourself by Rhino Bucket. Feed My Frankenstein, Alice Cooper. Lovin' Your Lovin', Eric Clapton. Why You Want to Break My Heart by Tia Carrera, originally recorded by Dwight Twilley. And lastly, we've got Loud Love by Soundgarden. So of all of those songs, I guess we could say maybe what's your favorite and then also which one do you only know or stands out the most from this movie? So favorite first taking Bohemian Rhapsody that one's out that, out one, that one wins all the categories because that one does because that's the one that you think of the most win yeah. this and, and everything like that taking that out I would probably say my favorite song out of this is Foxy Lady by Jimi Hendrix that's pretty good I actually really love um, Ballroom Blitz and I, I, I don't know just for some reason I really was like digging it when I was listening to this or watching this movie again so as far as which one stands out the most from this movie, I only I'm actually going with Foxy Lady. That's I was going to say Ballroom. I, I would flip it and We're say Ballroom Blitz because I. That's the either that or Hey Mickey, but they, that's not really. They're just singing that in the car. That's not actually part of the soundtrack. But yeah. I think Ballroom Blitz because I mean I don't. I don't think I ever heard that song because that's obviously a cover too. Someone else wrote that song, right? But I don't think I ever heard that song until I saw this movie. 
yeah, I'm, and I'm with there with both of them. I guess Foxy Lady probably is one I've heard in other instances, but mm -hmm. not very often. So I'd probably say I'd probably say Ballroom Blitz, and then maybe. Um, I like all the Tia, all the Tia Carrera songs. Why you right. want to break my heart is also pretty good. Right. Yeah. No. Ballroom Blitz. Okay. That's stick mine. with it. Yeah. That's mine. Okay. So the next category, we've got favorite scenes or scenes to nerd out on. There really are a lot. And so yeah. I'm just going to go through some. And it was hard because this is a typical SNL, typical comedy where there are a lot of mini scenes that make up a big scene. And they're good. And they're and all they're really funny good. And, and they're funny and they're memorable. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and go through a few. And then you throw more in when you have a chance. Uh, first of all, just the opening intro. The whole opening intro of them just putting on the show. And Benjamin and his, his lady friend are watching it. Okay. I mean, that's how the movie basically starts out, right? Yeah, okay, so I got that. The next scene is the just the whole opening monologue. All of a sudden, we switch to Mike Myers, and he's telling us about what Wayne's World is and where they live and everything like that. The next scene is the whole car sing-along to Queen. Um, it kind of, and that's kind of part of the opening monologue, too, so I kind of have it as the same thing. But I, I, guess we could I probably, split that one out. Okay. The gas works, first time there at gas works. The intro of Benjamin and Russell and uh, the whole Wayne and Gar the whole contract Basically, mm -hmm. they, they meet Russell. They go to the store. They go to the uh, the bar, and they've got that giant fishbowl, and they're and they're they're reading the contract, and he's drops his pen. Um, the first concert, the concert with Tia Carrera, like when she's playing at like her loft, like that one. Um, no, no, like the they go well. The, the, she's playing, but then they end up up on the ceiling, or up on the roof. Yeah. So Gasworks is the first time we see her playing. So this one, yeah, at her, at her loft when they're speaking Cantonese. Yes. Yes, that's it. Oh, is yeah. that her loft? That's that's at her place, yeah. Oh, I totally like missed that. Yeah. 100%. Okay, well, they're up. They're at her loft, I guess, then. Yeah, so that whole part. The uh, the hand cues. So now they're in the studio, and they're learning the hand cues, mm -hmm. the five, four, three, which just gets me every time. It's so stupid. The uh, the, the Miliwake with Laverne and Shirley, the whole Alice Cooper, that whole part. Um, the, the new show and sponsor. So they, yes. they're, they're doing their first yes. show. They're making their poking fun of uh, Vanderhoff. Russell, the, Russell joins the good guys. I like that part where they're, they're kind of doing like the espionage. And then finally, just the whole final show slash multiple endings. So I got a few other ones. Yeah, what I forget? Um, the introduction to Glenn at Makita's Donuts. Yeah. That's <laughs> just, again, very, very short, yep. but very awesome. Um, Chroma Key. When they're standing in front of the blue screen. Hey. Yeah. Yo, taxi. I'm in Delaware. <laughs> Mukalakahiki. Yeah. Come on, you want to lay me? Yeah. Um, hockey in the street. Oh, yeah. Game well, on. Yes. Um, at, the, at the guitar shop, no stairway. Mm -hmm. uh, the actual, when they were, when Benjamin's telling them about the sponsorship, and then they're and then the, you know he you know it's Pizza Hut, it's Nuprin, <laughs> it is choice, and it's a choice, it's a choice of a new generation, yeah. like with, and Garth decked from head to toe in Reebok gear, hilarious. It's just like things, I wonder. It's like people only do things for money. money. That's just really sad. Yeah. Um, Noah's guest appearance, and then all the alternate endings at the very end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this this is tough because there are a lot of like small little mini scenes. I'll kind of I'll go first. I I personally think it's the whole. Uh, I mean, okay, again, I think we have to take the car sing-along scene out. Totally. I don't necessarily think it's the best scene, but it's definitely the most well-known scene. It's very memorable. Yeah. So let's pull that out. 
That one is exempt. I mean, I think we probably would both say that's the winner. I personally like the whole, I like Alice Cooper, like the whole concert. That's a good one. That, that's my favorite scene. Um, Noah's guest appearance when he writes on the cue cards. <laughs> this, guy, this guy blows goats. He I blows goats. I have proof. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that as soon as that one come up, I was like, oh man. Yep. That's my favorite. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about this. Well, and for me, honorable mention, and I didn't even go with it with this one or even have it on the list because I'm going to have it for a category later on about Ed O'Neill. Just the whole Glenn. We'll circle back around. We'll circle back to him. Yes. Because he's fucking fantastic. All right. And he's great. <clears throat> okay. So those are our scenes and right on. So nerd facts, right? So I'm, I'll start here. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting about, like I said before, Wayne's World is that this was, I think people think that it was from SNL, which is that's where it was most well known. But actually Myers began working on this when he was a teenager and he actually, so he started in Canadian television. And so he actually had a video show called City Limits. And later it was on its only rock and roll show in 1987. It's a sketch called Wayne's Power Minute. Uh, when, at, when Wayne, or when Mike Myers came to SNL in 1989, he brought the skit, and obviously the rest of history became popular. First aired on February 18th, 1989. So airs on February 18th, and then three years later it's a movie. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. That's got to be one of the fastest like SNL skits to films. That is pretty impressive. Ever. Uh, though the movie is set in Aurora, Illinois, a suburb of, suburb of Chicago, they only spent two days of the 34-day shoot in Chicago. The rest was in Los Angeles. Yeah, that definitely didn't seem as uh, climate appropriate after I looked this up and then I watched the movie. It right. seemed too warm. Dana Carvey based his Garth character on his brother, and there's a lot more into it, like why, but basically like how he act, what he wore, some of his mannerisms was just all Dana Carvey's brother. I like to meet that dude. Yeah, me too. Apparently he's like a big, I think he's in, he's in editing in some capacity, whether it's film or you know digital or whatever it is. So, yeah. Speaking of Dana Carvey, this is actually something I did know. Um, he did all the drum playing in the music shop scene himself. He's so good. It's he so is crazy. Pretty, you're amazing, dude. I, I do think that they, I think that I did read, read somewhere they may have sped it up a little bit. But maybe, but yeah. like barely. Like he's still obviously, very but he's talented still, I musician. mean, he, yeah, he's still, he's still good. Yeah. This is Mike Myers' feature film debut. Didn't know that. And also, besides Mike Myers, it's also. Chris Farley's first feature film debut. And then Wayne's World helped actually resurrect Rob Lowe's career after a slump following a 1988 sex tape scandal. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. It also helped reinvent him as a comedic actor, a role he continued to play alongside Myers in all three Austin Powers movies as, I think it was number two, right? Number Young two. number two. And well beyond. That's funny. A sex tape scandal ruined his career in 1988. 20 years later, that probably helps him. Let's, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Fuck. Like, a sex, like a sex tape scandal helps people now. It doesn't hurt them. We've got the Tommy... I mean, there's, yeah. a, there's a whole show about it. Yeah. Tommy and Pamela. Yeah, that's coming out. And, and the movie is about basically how it took him to a whole other level exactly. of fame. So it's just, it's I think, just interesting. I do think this change. was a little more scandalous. I'm not, I don't remember the details. I mean, let's, let's have the Rob Lowe conversation real quick. Like, uh, for me, we don't have to talk about this as a peak of his mountain because there's a lot of other things to talk about, but... I mean, thank God, not that he had a sex tape scandal, but thank God that the situation happened to where Myers could cast him in this film. Because if he had tried to cast him in this film, he pre, wouldn't. No, he wouldn't have Myers would have laughed. You know, he would have been laughed out of the room. Yeah. Been like, yeah, you're not going to get Rob Lowe for this. But yeah, since he was on a slump. 
Got him at a very discounted price and... And got him to say yes to this movie. Got him to be a comedic actor, which he right. wasn't before. Before right. he was in like uh, all the Brat Pack movies. Yeah. Those are not exactly comedies. No. Oh, all right. So thank you. Thank you to uh, thank Mike you. Myers. Thank you, Rob Lowe. And Rob Lowe, sure. Uh, T. Carrera turned down a role on Baywatch to play Wayne's love interest. I'm just trying to envision her. Okay. I mean, I can see her on Baywatch. I'm just trying to figure out which would have been the right, which would have been the right career move. Yeah, because you could Being argue on, like what happened to Tia Carrera basically after True Lies. Right. There's not a whole lot. I and mean, we'll talk about that later too. But yeah. But I, yeah. Baywatch launched a few careers. But did it though? I mean, it kind of did. I can't think of anyone whose careers were actually launched from Baywatch. Well, I don't know. Maybe Pamela just, Anderson, I guess. But maybe it just kind of extended the Hoffs because he was already like Night Raider. Okay, yeah, Hasselhoff. Did I did take him to another level? At least in the U.S., he was always huge. He was always huge in Germany. He's always huge. He's still huge in <laughs> He's Germany. Still huge in Germany. All right. Okay. So, uh, you, you do the next one. Sorry. Oh yeah. Um, when Wayne's World was released on Valentine's Day, nineteen ninety-two, it was only the second movie to be made out of an SNL skit. The first was Blues Brothers in 1980. I got a list. We're going to go over a little bit later. I have a list. Okay, good. Well, we're both, I, I, we, have, we have the same list. We'll both go over our list. The studio actually wanted Guns N' Roses to replace Bohemian Rhapsody, but Mike Myers essentially said, no, screw that. I'll quit if you don't have it, and eventually the studio gave in to his demand. I'm glad. I think, it, number one, it rejuvenates the band, of course, Queen, but I don't know that a Guns N' Roses song fits there. Like, I think they re-released the single after this movie. And they did. hit number one again. It did. <laughs> we'll talk about that. we got a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, a little bit. So I want to know what Guns N' Roses track. It couldn't have been an original. Like It had to be something that they had. Like, Welcome to the Jungle? I mean, I'm trying to think of a song that like fits... Sweet Child of Mine? But it's got to be something that's both like heavy and also mellow. It's got to go back. So Sweet Child of Mine? Maybe Sweet Child of Mine. Maybe Because it kind of starts mellow and then it goes heavy. Maybe and like, then they start screaming and they could headbang during Slash's solo. Yeah, okay. All I right. Want, th- these are the things I need to know. Or November Rain, maybe, or too. November, but that, that hadn't come out at that point. That would have been a really long car ride. <laughs> well, being Rats is pretty long, but that would have been a very long car. You're right. <laughs> November Rain. Yeah. Okay, all right. I like Sweet Child of Mine. That's a good answer. I mean, the, but but we'll, we'll, that's what we'll say. Hindsight's twenty twenty. If anyone's listening and likes to do editing, go back and uh, put put Sweet Child of Mine in there. Yeah, when, dub it over. And when they feel appropriate, we'll see if we like it better. All right? All right. Sywell, you got it? He's got it. Danny Boy Productions is on it. Okay. So in one of the movie's most memorable scenes, Wayne attempts to test, test drive his dream guitar at a music store by playing Stairway to Heaven, only to have the salesman point out the band's a sign that bans the customer from playing the Led Zeppelin classic, but Led Zeppelin really did deny Wayne the rights to play the tune following its theatrical release, hence the the possible confusion if you watch the film on DVD or cable. Well, that's the thing is that Led Zeppelin is notorious for not letting oh, people use their music. They are very, very... Particular. On their on giving people their rights. <laughs> yeah. They've said no to a lot of people. Yeah, and I guess... You and, know, that's, and that's their right. They're not sellouts. Well, they made enough money. I know, right? It's not like they need any more. Okay, so the line from this is fun, and I, and I I watched it, and then when I was doing the research, I'm like, oh, of course. And I actually said it to my wife at the time. There's no way that was not improvised. The line on the hood, where Carvey <laughs> says, "Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he put on a dress and played of Girls Bunny?" And Mike Myers just mm, fucking no. lo- just fucking loses it. <laughs> like it's the most genuine laugh I've ever heard him do, mm-hmm. which. He's, For me, I was like, that's obviously ad-libbed. Yeah. There's no way. So it was. It was it was improvised, the whole thing. 
Mike Myers once dated a girl who apparently broke up with him due to his preoccupation with his comedy. A week later, after some thoughts, she tried to reconcile by buying Mike a gun rack. <laughs> to her, this was an absurd joke that she, ha- that she hoped Mike would appreciate. He didn't, and the two remained apart. Yeah, and then he incorporated that into the film, and thank God he did. Love it. So the whole, uh, back to the Beanie Rhapsody sequence, Mike Myers and Carvey both actually messed up their neck from all the headbanging. And if you watch the scenes, and I notice it now after watching it, that they're not really headbanging. No, they're just kind of... They're very slightly nodding their head because their necks were all jacked up, so they couldn't do it anymore. That's funny. Yeah. And, well, we kind of mentioned it earlier. only took 34 days to shoot. Which I don't, I mean... Nowadays, in like the Marvel world, it takes months and months in different locations or whatever. But obviously, comedies, you don't need that much right. time. So, okay. All right. Heath Ledger Award for Scene Stealing. I've only got one nominee, and, and I want to hear <laughs> I, what you think. I think I, think I know. I've only got is. Ed O'Neill. Yeah. And so I have Ed O'Neill, and I also, honest, even though he's technically a main character, I have Dana Carvey. Okay. I, if it's any character at all, it's got to be Dana Carvey. Uh, for me, I actually because when because when and this we were kind of talking about it earlier, but like when it's him and Mike on when it's him and Mike Myers on the scene on screen together, I'm looking at Dana Carvey. I'm not looking at Mike Myers. Me I'm wondering what Garth is going to do just just because of his character and just because of how well Dana Carvey played it. Well, Wayne's Wayne's playing like he's <laughs> kind of like the straight man of the two, and 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 Garth is the wild card. You don't know what the hell he's going to do. And right, say, he just does whatever so he wants to. Awkward. So if we take him out of it. <laughs> I, it's got to be Glenn. It's Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill, Glenn, Glenn the, love the coffee shop. I, I, love, I love all of his lines. We're on the same page with this. I think that we love the same things about it. All right, Peak of the Mountain. So I got a few nominees, and then you can throw some other ones out there. All right, Peak of the Mountain. We've got to go Mike Myers first, okay? No. I'll just tell you okay. right now, no. No, I totally agree. Do you have already enough? Do you already have something in mind, or do you want me to rattle off some things? I, I think I was trying to decide between the first and second Austin Powers movie. Yeah, okay. I think that's totally, not not the third. No, I think the first that's, or the second. I think that's totally exactly where I was at too. Wayne's yeah. World is in '92, so I made an axe murder. Don't sleep on that one. '93, but obviously he's coming into his own. I mean, that's the first time where he plays multiple characters. Yeah, Wayne's World two is '93. Austin Powers one is '97. The Studio Fifty Four is '54 is '98. Yeah. Austin Powers, despite shagged me, is '99. Mystery Alaska is also '99. Yeah. But then we got Shrek in 2001. Oh, that's a good point. And Austin Powers Gold Number 2002. You, you kind of have to like separate those. Like voice actor from like stage, stage actor, screen actor. Uh, yeah, I think, I think International Man of Mystery 97, that's his peak as a stage actor. Whatever you want to call it. I mean, allowed him to make 54 and then Spire Shack. I mean, after that, he's basically a bunch of random bit parts. Right. But then Shrek. Shrek is his like career apex peak. Totally. He right, makes. Right. He's still making millions and millions of dollars off that one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And they Are, made three of them. Four of them. Four of them. I know they made three. Did they make another one after that? Um, I think they made four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next nominee, Peak in the Mountain, Dana Carvey. I, I say yes. Uh, yes. I looked for other things and I couldn't couldn't find the only th- the only thing and I didn't look. The Church I, Lady is actually his peak, but that's SNL. Well, that's SNL. He was in um, what he was in a movie with Nick Cage. I think it was Lost in Paradise. I think yeah, is the name of that. That's the only other movie I remember him in. I, yeah, it's got to it, be. This, this is, is it. it. This is from it a, from a movie career perspective, this is the peak of his mountain. Okay, I agree. Rob Lowe. So I met the brat. Mentioned the Brat Pack stuff. The best one of all of those, I think, is Saint Animals Fire, nineteen eighty five. That's like all of them together. Wayne's World is ninety two. 
West Wing. I was just going to say. 99, 2006. But hold on. Parks and Rec, 2010, 2015. So which one would you say? Is, is this peak West Wing or Parks and Rec? I think it's probably West Wing. I think it's but I want it. I want it to be Parks and Rec, but I think it's actually I think West it's Wing. Probably what I haven't seen either of them, and I would just say West Wing. Oh, what is wrong with you? I'm busy watching Dexter. Yeah. Okay. Well, you should watch West Wing next. Okay. Rob Lowe, West Wing. I think that sounds good. Next peak, Bohemian Rhapsody. So let me get let me let me break this down for you here real quick. First of all, when it first came out, it actually only made it to number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. After the movie. It went up to number two on the mm-hmm. Billboard Hot 100. So it's got to be that. It's got to be the Wayne's World rendition, right? I would say no. I would say its peak is when the actual movie came out with Rami Malek. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Do you know the sales for that one? No. Neither do I. We should probably know that. But I'm sure they're up there. But this, I, know, I know it was definitely pretty high. All right. I, I get, okay. I don't know what to say with that one. Because the movie's name is Bohemian Rhapsody. All right. I'll, I'll go with that. That's, I'm fine with that. And he won an Oscar, didn't he? He did, yeah, best yeah. actor. Yeah. All right. Next category. Next I'm sorry, not next category. Next peak. Next peak. Breaking the fourth wall. Films that break the fourth wall. So we've got this. We've got Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. We got Deadpool. Wolf of Wall Street a little bit, and then Fight Club. Those are my nominees. <laughs> Those are my nominees. Does Fight Club break the fourth? Yeah, it's uh, Tyler Durden kind of talking to the audience a little bit. Actually, I guess it's it's more Ed. Uh, what's his name? Not Ed. It does. Norton. Ed, Ed Norton. Norton. Thank you, Ed Norton. Ed. Yeah. Oh, I just I guess I just never thought about. It. Yeah, you get TV shows that break the fourth wall more too. So I think it actually is. I think it's actually Deadpool. <laughs> is that weird to say? Since it's a relatively new film. No. That would be my vote for breaking the fourth wall, only because it was such. A gigantic like thing when it broke the fourth wall. People would just not shut the fuck up about it, and they were like, it, "And again, it had to do with like the type of movie. It was a rated R, you know, Marvel property that made just millions and millions of dollars." Mm-hmm. But I think that's it. I, I do think though that honorable mention for me is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's the first movie I remember it breaking the breaking the fourth wall. Yes, I, be- I believe so. I'm just looking it up again. Apparently, The Big Short broke the fourth wall. I don't remember that. I like that movie. Yeah, I'll go with Deadpool. That's fine. Okay. Or Ferris, depending on how old you are. Okay. Car sing-alongs. Car, I'm sorry. Sing-along songs. So like where the cast sing along to songs in the movie, but not a musical. Right? Okay. So they sing along to, again, Behemoth Rhapsody. Let me give you the nominees I've got. This will make sense in a second. Top Gun. Okay. You've got that love and feeling. Almost Famous. They sing along to... Uh, Tiny Dancer. Tiny Dancer, thank you. Beetlejuice. Day-o. Day-o. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off again. Twist and Shout. And also Don Cashane. 40-Year-Old Virgin. They sing along to Age of Age Aquarius. Of <laughs> and then Age Step Brothers. They sing along to... Um, Ave- oh, no, uh... It is Ave Maria. No, it's not Ave Maria. It's it's um, Andrea Bocelli. Oh, yeah. Come to yeah. say yeah. goodbye, exactly. boats yeah. and hose. Okay. What is your? What do you think is the peak for if those? I'm, if I'm choosing between those, I'm choosing Almost Famous. Tony, hold me closer, Tony Danza. And I think that is for us. But I actually think if you 
if you, and if you go, it depends on the age group you're thinking about here, but I think you go back a little bit. For, I actually think Top Gun wins this one. Yeah, but they're not in a car. They're in a bar. Oh, it's still a six. You have to be a, I, I, you're right. Car sing along. Fair enough. Okay. Then we'll go. I think we'll even. Well, if they're you, in a bus. Even if you take that out of there, I'm still choosing Almost Famous. Okay. All right. Well, I'll go Top Gun. Not because I like it better. Almost Famous is the best one. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, let's just leave it at that. Different movie endings. So what's the peak for that? So I've got this one. I've got Clue. <laughs> okay. And then I've got Butterfly Effect. That movie was fucked up. Look at that one. Okay, we'll take that one off. It is fucked up, but it, but it, it was actually just on too. It has I was, I was scrolling through the guide and I'm like, wow, butterfly effect. Not gonna touch that one because that of the weird. ending. Because it, it tripped me out. And then like weird. the last, the, like the, the I think the director's cut. They like go back and like he kills himself in the womb or some fucked up shit. That's just weird. yeah. Okay, so that one's out. No thank so, you. So 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 Wayne's World or Clue. I gotta go. Clue. I think so too. I don't think you remember. I don't. I. I don't. I. I forgot there were multiple endings in this movie until I was rewatching it again. That wasn't in something. Wayne's World. I, this just wasn't something oh, that no, I yeah, like. I remember that. Yeah. Well, Clue is like that's what I remember from Clue. This is what might have happened. This is what could have happened. And this is what did happen. It did happen. Yeah. Okay. My last category for peak is SNL movies. So movies that were made from SNL skits. There were eleven of them. That looks like looks similar to the list I've got. So let me rattle through them, and then you let me know what you think your favorite is, or at least the peak. It's kind of easy. Blues Brothers is an 80. Wayne's World, 92. Big gap there. Cone's head, nine, Coneheads, 93. Wayne's World, 2, 93. It's Pat, 94. Stewart Saves His Family in 95. Blues Brothers, 2000 and 98. Night at the Roxbury, 98. Superstar in 99. Ladies Man in 2000. And then finally, MacGruber in 2010. The first two were the best. Yeah, I think the, well, in such a big gap, though, I think Blues Brothers is probably the best one. Wayne's World, I think, might be. Wait, I, if, if Blues Brothers isn't the peak, Wayne's World is the peak. Yeah, right. And I'd argue maybe just 92, 93, because you've got Wayne's World, Coneheads, and Wayne's World 2. Coneheads was good. It's underrated. Wayne's World 2 was good, but then everything after that is not. Can I tell you, though, as far as a property? Great. I actually think MacGruber. Number one, it's also underrated. Number two, now they have a whole MacGruber TV show. Right. On, I think, Peacock. Well, and I, and I, was, looking at, I was looking at this this morning, too, and from a ranking perspective, they actually had MacGruber ranked. Like, well, it was Wayne's World was number one, Blues Brothers was number two, and I, well, I want to say MacGruber might have been number three. I think it probably on was. On the list of, like, ranking, ranking SNL movies. But some of these are just... And I get what they're trying to do. They're, they're, they're trying to say, like... They saw the success of Wayne's World. Conan's comes out. It's a pretty good success. And then they just start. Pat, well, well, Stuart I, Smalley, A Night at the Roxbury, Superstar, Ladies Man. Yeah. Just let's, let's, let's try to make money off this because, you know, we've had some level of success. And so we'll probably, we might not make a lot, but we'll make enough. Yeah. Well, some of those, I mean, it's all, it's, it's the, it's the I, didn't even know, I didn't even know Stuart Saves His Family was a movie. I didn't know they made a movie out of that character. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, and it's Pat too. So you got like the Al Franken, you've got like the Wayne, the, the, the Mike Myers cast, and then also the crossover to the Will Ferrell cast. Right. And so you've got movies all within Because he's in, Su yeah, he's in Superstar. He's in Night, Night of the Roxbury. Ladies Man also. Yeah. Okay. So I, th I think we agree that it's probably Blues Brothers, then it's probably Wayne's World, and then MacGruber. Yes. I, I, yeah, I think that's... Maybe Coneheads. I've never seen MacGruber, so I'd probably put Coneheads over that. Well, MacGruber's pretty, <laughs> MacGruber's pretty funny. Okay, next category. Moving on. End of the peaks. Next category. Star is born category. So what changes 
would be made if this movie were made today? I've really only got one. I've got a few. Okay, my only one is that this is no longer a network access show. This is now a YouTube channel yes. or YouTube show. You have to you have to rework the entire premise of the movie. Oh well, yeah, well, yeah. I, but but I, I'm, what I'm saying is like the Wayne's World itself though is now like a. It's a YouTube show. It's a yeah, YouTube that's, channel. I said the exact same thing. I said they probably have a YouTube channel and they wouldn't need to be sponsored by anyone. <laughs> right. The yeah. more hits they get, the more money they get, and then sponsors come to them. Like, like so. What I said, like you'd have to rework the entire premise to this show because they're not they're not getting paid and they're not like trying to make it big or anything like that because of you know the accessibility that everybody has to everything now. You'd have to completely rewrite it. Yeah, like what is the conflict, or what are they trying to do? Are they trying to like make it like make the jump from like YouTube to like late night television? I don't know. Hmm. Whatever it is, I'd watch that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, so the a couple others that I had, um, they'd have to get way more than five thousand dollars. Yeah, well, of course, with within. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, that's the contract is, and that's the, I think it's maybe the funny part about it is it's so ridiculous. That's it's all so they get. It was like, that's all you get. That's it. Yeah. All right. Um, they probably two things about Cassandra. They probably wouldn't sexualize her as much as they did in this movie. I don't think you could do that today. And she'd have to write her own shit. Mm -hmm. She was she was trying to sell herself on singing other people's songs. She'd have to have original songs to be able to sell to. You know, Mr. Sharp of Sharp Records, who also wouldn't be driving everywhere, even if he didn't want to fly. Like he wouldn't be driving anyway. Yeah, he'd be sitting. He'd he'd be sitting in his office where in L.A. or New York or wherever he is, and he'd be you know doing Skype calls and all that kind of stuff. Like he wouldn't be driving across the country. Well, it's he's got. Well, not only that, he's got minions to do that. Well, anyway. he's got minions to do that anyways. But like, even if he wanted to like meet with these people, he's doing it online. Yep. And then uh, the only one, other one I had, and I don't know why I put this on there, but I just noticed it, pleated pants. Oh, Rob Lowe wears a lot of pleats. And shoulder pads in the, yes. in the, in the coat jackets. Okay, those are not around no. anymore. No. Okay. Pleated right. pants. Definitely the, the attire. Yeah. Wayne and Garth, though, their attire still works. In fact, you could argue the molds are back. But uh, the rest of the they, stuff. Uh, yeah, they are. I know. It's, it's a shame. Okay. Which is weird, but whatever. Next category. This is one we added for the Godfather um, podcast and it may not be for everyone because not everyone is as quote worthy but the quote the raven nevermore category this movie is very quotable there are a lot of quotes and so let's go through them and we can maybe pick our favorite but then i also want to know which one do you use in like just normal vernacular like more often Lots. because i know it's hard it was hard for me to narrow it down okay so we'll just start and we can obviously like just jump in if you need to Actually, it's pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. <laughs> a gun rack? A gun rack. I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. What am I going to do with a gun rack? What's funny is I actually say that, and there's no reason to say that whole quote. I say it all the time. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, get the net. And that's, he says it right after that. Right. Are you mental? We broke up. <laughs> Are you mental? Yeah. Um, psycho hose beast. That's that's all within like within sixty seconds. All of these quotes, right? Because she walks up and they say "psycho hose psycho beast, hose beast. and then he says "gun rack," and then he says "are you mental," and then he says "get the net." Yeah, he says "are you mental" a couple of times. So I think he does. He's born once. Get the net. I think "get the net" is one that should is should be used more often. <laughs> right. To demonstrate just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You wanna go next? Benjamin is nobody's friend. If Benjamin were an ice cream flavor, 
You'd be pralines and dick. <laughs> oh man. Hi. I'm in Delaware. Yep. I definitely say that a lot too. The yeah, and the entire sponsorship dialogue. I can't think about it anymore. It's making my head hurt. Here, Here take, take two, two of these. these. What is it? Ah, Nuprin. Little. Yellow. Different. <laughs> that is your choice. It is. And it's the choice That's of the next generation. generation. <laughs> so right, awesome. Yeah, we could go on forever about that one. Uh, I ne- okay. God, I love this one. I've never done a crazy thing like in my life before that night. Why is it? If you kill a man... I'm sorry, let me start over. I've never done a crazy thing in my life before that night. Why is it that if a man kills another man in battle, it's called heroic? Yet if he kills a man in the heat of passion, it's called murder. murder. <laughs> That's fucking so great. What's the thought I had mono for an entire year? Turns out I was just really <laughs> bored. Yeah. That bass player is a babe. She makes me feel kind of funny. Like when we used to climb the rope in gym class. She's a robo babe. <laughs> she was a president. She'd be Abraham Lincoln. Schwing. We didn't say in, sh- we haven't even said schwing yet. In, That's French, a- in French, she would be called La Renard and be hunted with only her cunning to protect her. <laughs> I can just keep, I can keep going. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy how many there are in this movie. We fear change. That's, well, a, good, that's a good one. It sucks and blows. Well, it certainly does suck. Car. Game on. Game on. I mean, this is, how, this is, how we, this is where this came from. Yes. Growing up, used to say game on all the time. Yeah. Playing hockey, it's even though the, even though we were playing in like a like a parking lot or a playground where there were no cars and there was nothing that would prevent us from playing, we'd yeah. still say "game on." Yeah, <laughs> totally. So we should set this one up because he says, "I know what you." Because I, I just got what do you say? I just got my papers. He's like, "Oh, he's like, I just got paid." He's like, "Oh, I know how that feels." <laughs> he's I like, what, "No, I got one of these." You know, you can tell you what I like to do. I know what you like to do. Yeah, he says he'd like to find the no good son of a bitch that did it and rip his heart, rip his steel bitting heart right out of his chest, so he can see how black it is just before he dies. Actually, I was thinking about filing <laughs> a grievance with the union. <laughs> well, the world's a twisted place. <laughs> and Ed, then Ed, Ed O'Neill, love it. My wife, I, I can't believe I forgot this one. She had me add it. She says a lot. Apparently, if you're going to spew, spew into this. <laughs> yes. Okay, so there's more. We could have. Okay, go we, ahead. You got more? No, no, I don't have more. I'm just saying we could okay. just keep going. It is there's like an entire lineage. There's quotes. there's a lot more. Favorite quote for you? It's got to be um, oh, Jesus. I mean, I'd lean towards Ed O'Neill. Me too. That's the that's the best quote. The, of the, the, whole fir- thing. the first one. First one. The first one. Now, what's the one you think you use the most in just regular day to day travels? <laughs> so, um, we fear change mm-hmm. is one. Um, Hi, I'm in Delaware is something that I do a lot whenever we're like Delaware for vacationing somewhere. If we're talking about a trip, it'll just out of nowhere just be like, hi, I'm in Delaware. No stairway denied. That's right. I forgot about that one. That's a good one, too. I don't know. There's so many. Uh, and honestly, the ice cream flavor. Yeah. Pralines and dick. Pralines and dick. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. So, <clears throat> all right. Great. Next category after our uh, our quotes, we've got inner nerd thoughts so basically did we learn anything no. you want to go first no we didn't learn anything okay i'll start uh what did i learn hold on i wrote one thing down well, i just got a couple questions for you, you so so this is the this is the one thing that i wrote okay if you're listening to bohemian rhapsody in a car this is how you listen to it now this oh. is how everybody li- like it changed the way you you listen to this song and probably even if you're not in a car you're standing around home and you're, and you're listening to this song and that part hits, 
you start headbanging. You do. Everybody does. Yeah. And I, and I this is kind of a nerd. It, fun, it fundamentally shifted the universe. Well, this is a nerd fact we didn't really include, but apparently uh, Dana Carvey didn't really know the whole lyrics. And so the part when he... So when he's like, yeah, see. when he's mouthing them, he's, you can tell he doesn't know the words. And he he's didn't, just, he, he, did, he wasn't happy with that, but they kept it in. And that I, I feel like I do that. I think it's great. <laughs> I act like I don't know the words if someone's paying attention to me. It's awesome. All right. So we talked about breaking the fourth wall. I'm curious, what do you think has a better opening dialogue that just sets the tone, you know, basically tells the story, the background of the characters, what's happening? This or Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Ferris Bueller. I think so, too. It's more memorable for me. Like everyone knows he's getting ready. He's talking about being sick and like the whole thing. Liquor palms. Key to faking out. I know parents. it's childish, but then again, so is high school. Yeah. Okay. So I, I told you to think about this question and I, I really want to know what, you, what it is. So question number one, if you were an ice cream flavor, not pralines and dick, what would you be? I know exactly. It's, it's right here. I actually, I, I looked up, I looked it up. It's Haagen-Dazs. Haagen-Dazs has a bourbon vanilla bean truffle ice cream flavor. <laughs> okay. That's what I would be. And why? Just because it's got bourbon. Who doesn't love vanilla beans and who doesn't love chocolate truffles? That's fair. All of them. I took yes. a I took a few quizzes online. But that is also not my favorite ice cream flavor. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, it's always been chocolate chip cookie dough. Okay. It's always been my favorite. Have you had like the dough, whatever, it's just, just dough? It's like a bowl of just dough. No. Apparently it's a thing. It's probably pretty good. It was on, uh, I don't know, maybe Jimmy Fallon or Ellen or something? No. I haven't had that. So anyway, I, I took a couple quizzes and I'm either just plain old chocolate because a quote... Weak. Apparently, I love to lead a life of adventure and explore new ideas. The one I like better was chocolate fudge brownie. I think that actually is more, more appropriate for me. Are you, are you pissed that you didn't? How many times did you take it in order to get mint chocolate chip? As many times as I could. <laughs> and I tried different variations. I couldn't get it. It was fucking bullshit. <laughs> but basically, uh, yeah, that is my favorite ice cream flavor, mint chocolate chip. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. I've always thought about this, and there's, this, is, this is an unanswerable question, but I'm curious if you have any insight. The part when Garth is yelling at Wayne at the airport and just going after him, what do you think he says to him? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I was like trying to read his lips and be like, what the fuck? What is, what is he saying? I mean, Wayne, He's like pointing at stuff, too. And yeah, like, and Wayne is just totally like, this, and he's just, you kiss your mother with that? <laughs> like, You've gone mental. Yeah. Ah, more mental. Yeah, there you go. All right, so... If you were a car, what would you be? And I'm asking that question because I can't think of a character that more embodies a his car. <laughs> a gremlin and Garth? Yeah, it's a it's actually a pacer. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was a gremlin. Well, it might be a gremlin in like one of the other movies, but it's a it's a 76 AMC pacer. It's called the Mirthmobile. So again, I took a quiz <laughs> took some quizzes for this one. And I've got either a 1976 Volkswagen Golf. GTI MK1, whatever that is. Okay. But apparently, it's because I'm very, I love the basics of fun, but I also have a practical side. That sounds about right. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. The one I actually like better, the second quiz I took, it says I'm a Mustang because I'm loud and I like to voice my opinion. <laughs> any, any particular Mustang? And I'm also just, fiercely um, loyal. Just a Mustang? And not nothing like, comes between me and my gang. Just said Ford just, Mustang. Just said Ford Mustang. Let's okay. go GT. GT, the GT500? 500 from, from fucking from Gone in 60, 60 seconds. seconds. Yes, that's what 1960, I am. I can't remember what year it was. It was a 60-something. Yeah, let's go 69. Seven, seven, seven sounds right, actually. Okay. All right. Who's actually the bad guy in this movie? So let me... let me Okay, I, 
Let me just let me just let me po- let me explain what I'm what I'm what I'm thinking here. Because there is none, no bad guy at the end. Well, here's the thing: like I, Benjamin writes in there because he writes in his journal, exploit you know local whatever and and make money on him. Maybe he's being very subversive the entire. But well, movie. but but hold on, he gets some money. He gets in this brand new studio. He gets some sponsors. He basically is doing all these things to help with their brand. And Wayne is kind of like uh, a misogynistic, uh, you know, like Cassandra, like don't care about your career because this guy's trying to get in your pants. I don't trust you. Wayne has a lot of elements of like very. He's very insecure. He's very insecure. But look at look at him and look at her. Yeah, he should be insecure. <laughs> He's punching way above his weight. That is for sure. I just think it's worth. I, listen, I'm, I, Benjamin's the bad guy, but as I was he watching this, guy. I was like, "But also, I kind of get it." And Wayne's kind of a dick. Just, I just want everyone to think about that next time they watch Wayne's World. All right, Garth is definitely the good guy. Garth is totally the good definitively guy. the good guy. Yeah. Okay, uh, what's your favorite Wayne's World ending? The Scooby Doo ending. Mine too. <laughs> That's the best one. Either that sure. one or like the mega happy ending, like the one where like, like Cassandra and. Um, Benjamin are just like they're on, on the beach. They're on, on the beach, beach or like in a in a at a resort, like whatever. That was pretty good. Too. That was stupid. That was dumb. Um, Scooby Doo. So the only other thing, and I I just I stuck around. Did you stick around to the credits? Because there's a post credit scene. Um, no, I didn't. And it's just it's just kind of silly. It's them just talking. It's it's very. I think so, I've, I've probably seen it, but I did not stick around for. So I started watch. thinking like what. Like what before Marvel movies? Like what? What were the ones that used to do post credit scenes? And I can only really think of two, and it's this one in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I, I couldn't think of any other ones that were really like, I don't know, that stood out to me. Besides, before they started doing all the teasers, right? Well, I'd have to do more research on that. I have no idea. That's the only two that stuck out with me. Obviously, Ferris Bueller. Why are you still here? Go home. Go home. The movie's over. The movie's over. That's my. That's that's the one that stuck out for me that I remember the most. No, but it's not really a post credit scene. It's kind of a during credit scene. The end of Scrooged when Bill Murray's talking to the audience. Yeah. It's, but it's not post credit. It's like him like pointing out breaking the fourth wall. Oh yeah, you, that's right. Guy who talked to the whole they movie. They do that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Anything else? Anything else you thought about while we were watching this? No. All right. So Impact, and just kind of to wrap this up, had a budget of $14 million, and it grossed worldwide $184 million. Jeez. That's a hell of a and return that's investment. why they kept making SNL, because they saw that, and they were like, only took this much to make it, and we can make that much money off it? Yeah. Let's, let's keep going. And if you look at the numbers, I challenge everyone to go look at the numbers. They did not. <laughs> uh, most of them did not make money. Uh, a couple awards... American Comedy Awards, Mike Myers got nominated for something, so did Dana Carvey. The Brit Awards, Best Soundtrack, it is a freaking badass soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And then the MTV and Movie Awards, don't, don't, don't sleep on this, winner, That's Best On-Screen Duo, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. Overall thoughts, where does Wayne's World kind of fit into the lexicon of film, comedy, your memory, impact, whatever? Well, I mean, I think it, I think it sets the standard for at least from an SNL, like sketch comedy to the big screen. I think that's like, that and Blues Brothers are the gold standard. Like when you're trying to do that, that's what you're trying, this is what you're striving for. And it's and obviously like what we were just talking about, it's hard to do. Yeah. I think it. we talked about this, you know, before we started recording, it holds up. It's still funny. I know what's happening. I'm still going to laugh. Totally agree. And I actually think it, it actually, besides that, besides the movie itself, the impact that SNL actors and just the SNL like family 
is going to have on films moving forward because while sure they were actors that became stars in the 70s and 80s nothing that we'd ever seen like Mike Myers no, it became Will a, Ferrell, it became a launching pad that's what people do now they yeah. stick on there for a couple of years they go make a movie and then a lot of them are become very successful right i mean you could just keep there the notable alumni that come from Saturday night live and then before that you know it's second city well, and then it's Saturday Night Live, and then it's Superstardom. And it's also the SNL brand to speak about Lauren Michaels. And mm -hmm. now he's, you know starts producing things like 30 Rock and other television shows. Mm -hmm. And just like, again, it's just this entire ecosystem now. that I know it started in the 70s with like Chevy Chase and like, obviously, I mean, you can't forget Eddie it. Murphy. Can't forget Eddie Murphy, of course, Dan right? Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray. Like yeah, but I, but I do Jane think, Curtin, yeah. I think we can pick, cherry pick a few from that deck, those decades. But I think that basically in the 90s, that this is what happens now. It's like it's like a it was kind of like it's like a farm for it was a gold it was I mean it's probably you could make an argument that's the golden years of SNL yeah the nineties yeah yep all right well Wayne's World thirtieth anniversary God I feel old we are very old to wrap this up a little bit of nerd outreach first of all some thank yous I want to thank my co-host for being able to take some time out of his busy schedule to to join us today mm. and I also want to thank Danny Boy Productions our boy other Justin and this incredible new studio, which you can check out on some of the Nerd Bites. It's freaking awesome. It's we're awesome. So, we're so excited to be here. It's my first time being here. It's amazing. Yep. Thank you to, well, my wife for letting me come and do this. She always said, she's she's very supportive. I sent her a picture of this, and she said, wow, that's really nice. I said, yeah, we got we to gotta get some stuff on the walls and kind of continue to build it out, but I think it's, I think it's great. Yep. It's way better than my basement. <laughs> Well, we're not going to rank them, but we'll say this facility this is, is very, this is, very this is, quite nice. This is number one. All right. So, <laughs> uh, well, listen, we love our listeners. Please share, rate, et cetera. We always love it. You can go tell pe more people about it so we can get more people listening and watching on our YouTube channel. Obviously, show us in, send us in show suggestions. Nerd is the New Cool Podcast, gmail.com. Like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, at Nerd is the New Cool Podcast, and Twitter. And like I mentioned, our YouTube channel. We're really starting to add a lot more content there. Mm -hmm. Next episode preview. Uh, <laughs> sticking with the 30-year anniversary, March 27th, 1992, the following three films came out. The Cutting Edge, Ladybugs, and White Men Can't Jump. So we're doing a March 27th, 1992 sports film debate. Extravaganza. Let's see who comes out alive. Or I fucking love all three of those movies. I really do. We'll yes. We'll find out more about those later. So yeah, we'll see which one wins. All right. Well, until next time, thanks for joining us. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.